Before today's episode kicks off, we wanted to announce... The Hot Young Book Club! Woot! We are always wanting to learn and grow, so we are going to launch some bonus episodes as we discuss our first book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And since we're busy too, we are going to be breaking it down into bite-sized chunks to read and discuss. And we would love it, love it, love it if you all would join us. Our first meeting will be August 7th and we will link the book in the show notes. Can't wait to have you guys with us. On today's show, we're bringing back a listener favorite episode. Just stop for part two, the sequel. Some of you might remember Sean's controversial stance on fake plants from the original Just Stop. But we're back with a fresh batch of hot topics, new thoughts on design trends, and full glasses of rosé. Sean has some things to say about voting, software programs, and stacked stones. And you don't want to miss Rebecca's position on gender reveals and traffic directing floor stickers. Let's go! Studio Plum. And I'm Sean of Renstead Interiors. We're interior designers. Turned internet friends. Turned real life friends. Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. We're not that hot. Or that young. Every week we'll be spilling the tea on how a new generation of interior designers can run their businesses. Welcome Welcome to to the the club. club. No. Rebecca's microphone sounded a little off this episode, but you're going to love what we have to say. Blame the rosé. Hi, Rebecca. What's up, Sean? Hey. We switched it up because... Y'all, we are in the same damn room. That was an IRL (laughs) toast situation. We are here. I'm in Sacramento. And so am I. <laughs> Wait, what? In my jammies. We have been having a like a quarantine good time. Yeah, it's um it's been really fun. Sean got here two days ago. Yes. And we're dealing with some still like it was a little rough your first day of the fires and the smoke were really bad. Well, I mean that's like could we have like a literal fizzle and sizzle? Is the fact that like everything is burning here? <laughs> like I got in in the driveway. It smells like a heavy barbecue. Like it's really it was really bad on Friday, but today it was better. Yes, it was. We were kind of hoping that there would be some like hot young pool party, mm. but probably not this trip. Yeah, we started planning that like in April and. It's not gonna. It's not coming together this trip. It's not meant to be right now. Yeah, hot young pool party. Yeah, everything takes about three months long. RSVP <laughs> for the 2021 hot young pool party okay. now. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have cabana boys. It'll be a whole. <laughs> it'll also be a whole dream situation. But still, on the like. We have Desmond. We have, we have Des- Desmond's our cabana boy. On. On the sizzle side of it, being able to, like, go to the flea market together, eat a meal together, just, like, 
chill and relax, staring at our phones in the same room as one another and not just DMing each other stuff we're looking at in our Instagram feeds. Except we're still doing that, but just like... Oh yeah, I just airdrop, I just airdrop like photos and files instead because you're right here. <laughs> but yeah, we, I mean, I think we, we're having a team sizzle, fizzle. Yeah, this is, uh, what would they say? Like, this is our equivalent of a team retreat. It is. Like, that's the closest we're going to... Or off-sites, when they would have, like, working corporate meetings. You would go off-site somewhere for, like, a couple days. I could only send my five-year-old off-site, because <laughs> yeah. she's really... She's... She doesn't like to share you with me. She's... This is exciting for her, too, to have someone new in the house that she's only seen on a TV screen or a phone screen for the last seven months. <laughs> so, she's excited... It's a weekend. You make jewelry with her. I, d- I have a couple cool bracelets to take home. <laughs> I have a couple cool ones. Yeah. You've done this all before, though. A it's lot. new. It's the first time I had a mermaid playhouse thing. Yeah, mermaid family. Mermaid family. It's the f- yeah. That's the first time. It's the first time I've made the, the beaded bracelets. Mm-hmm. My nephew is four and is not quite at that degree he is more in the race the matchbook race cars over the loop-de-loop and if i pick a bad one that doesn't make it over the loop-de-loop i'm bad uncle if i pick the good cars that go fast then great we did that a couple weeks ago um yeah and it's been cool to it's been just kind of a weird weekend in a good way because like all these like sean's here but also we went out to dinner and breakfast a couple times which was the first time we've really done that ourselves in, like, six months. I know. I think Sean's going to be kind of pissed off that I did that without him. <laughs> like, you went out and you got to do all that stuff, and I'm still here at home. Like, It wasn't fun, Sean. It, it wasn't super fun. But also, like, get yourself your own damn podcast, and then we can talk. <laughs> like, And the every Sunday, or not every Sunday, every third Sunday, we, every second Sunday, we have an antique fair here. It's a really awesome flea market, and it hasn't been open, and today was the first day, so we got to do that, too. I got a couple couple good things to take home. Luckily, I have space in my car to get it on my road trip back home to L.A. Right, and you didn't buy 55 books like I did? No. No, I'm not, like, showing up with, like, a whole caravan that I need help unloading from my car, but... I, I can't leave empty. I can't go to a flea market and leave empty handed. No. I think I bought my first thing within like, I honestly think it was within the first three minutes. What was the first thing? The mirror. Oh yeah, that was cute. Like that's, that's like my goal. Anytime I go to a flea market or I don't want to sound like super spoiled kid, but like when I went to Morocco mm. <laughs> and you go to the market, the first thing you need to do is like rip off the band aid and just buy something. Cause then you're not like. I'm just looking. Oh, I'm not. I don't want to spend anything yet unless I'm like really in love. And then for me, it's always like, okay, find the one thing. It's not too much. Or like, even if you're not like completely convinced yet, but you're like, this is good, get a couple bucks out there. And then the next purchase isn't so bad. And then you're ready to like haggle. You're ready to. I don't have that problem. I, I just need something <laughs> to like rip off the band aid. Yeah, it's like if I get the tingling feeling about something, then I just... Just buy it. I just buy it. Just buy it. 
like the Red Cross cowbell. Red Cross rescue cowbell. Anyone? <laughs> that anybody need a leather hanging? That's cool. It's a wall decor item. Honestly, it'll be cool because it'll fit like in a narrow wall. Mm-hmm. Every house always has those weird spots where you're like, oh, it'd be cool to put something here, but there's it's hard to place art. It needs to be unique. It's dimensional. Yeah. I yeah. It has a story. Supposedly, it's for was for the gold miners, so I can do some for their cows or to ring horses. like the Red Cross horses. So they'd wear it like on their harnesses or something if they were stuck in a mine. I'm. Mm, I think. I, I think. Need a little more. Yeah. I, Isn't that the life of people at the flea market? Of like. What kind of fantastical tale can I weave for you around this object? I like research though, because he's told me some stories about some of the art that I bought and stuff. And bought it. <laughs> you boughtened it. You boughtened it. Is it? Um, but can you verify it from another source? I need to. That's what I'm worried about. I mean, it has a Red Cross symbol on it. It and is a cowbell. I'm assuming they go together. I think the bell may have been another life. Give a new life. It looks it looks a little shiny. I'm not. It's but okay. The leather looks cool. That's, I'm not mad at it. That's the part that's hard to patina. I'm not mad at it. Okay. Well, let's let's just stop talking about this. Cause this is just stop part two, the sequel. <laughs> it's back. Just stop. Oh, and don't call it a comeback. It never left. And it's coming back. Again. We have been making. Lists in our mind, because y'all know we're talking about this stuff anyway, but we thought we'd put together a cool little mix of things that we want to just stop. There's always something. Okay. I think I'm going to start with gender reveals. (laughs) Accurate. It's part of our current um, climate, literally. So document it for history. What the heck happened? So, yeah, I think it was just one of the... I I should not be the one trying to tell the news here. But this is like drunken history, so... Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was one of those, like, explosive like, smoke bomb things. Yeah, like, is it going to be pink or is it going to be blue smoke? In a fire in a, season, in a super drought state. In a high desert, dry community. In dead grass. <laughs> yes. And this happened last year. Oh, I don't remember that. It happened somewhere up here before. So. Just stop. And, okay, I feel bad for these people. Can you imagine, like, an innocuous event that, like, thousands of other people throw, and yours is the one that causes a catastrophe? Right. They think they're just, like, going with a new thing that everyone's doing. But to me, I don't know. That kid is going to have a cool story one day. And hopefully... <laughs> That's have, all you can hope for. They want to, like, be what their assigned gender supposedly supposedly even is. I don't know. Yeah. I, I have this whole thing. <laughs> this is not for everybody, obviously, but I... I don't know. I didn't t- have a name for my kid when I was pregnant. I didn't know if she was going to be a boy or a girl. Yeah. I didn't want to find out. And I think it's just, like... I always thought it was, I always said at the time, like, oh, you don't get any surprises. and Like, this is one that life can give you. But now I've been thinking about it, and it's really, back to my rebel thing, is 
I hate having expectations put on me. And I didn't want the world putting expectations on this new person before they've even taken a fucking breath. Yes. Like, oh, it's going to have a grandmother's, it's going to have your grandmother's name, or it's going to have your grandfather's name, and it's because of this, or like this. this. Yeah. And Cecily is like 100% the rebel of it all, too, because, like, oh, we'll name her Cecily after her great-grandfather, and we'll call her Cece, so she'll have a cute nickname. And that all happened anyway. And then she'll have her CEO name. (laughs) No, she's like... Age two, like, I don't like Cece. Don't call me that. Like, she'd tell the kids at school. Like, she's like, I'm Cecily. Yeah. She owns it. Yeah. It didn't work anyway. My mom thought she was going to be Grammy. You know, she thought it all through of what her nickname was going to be. Yeah. No, Cecily started calling her Nana for whatever reason. No one ever said that. And now she's Nana. That's it. Bam. Just stop. So, just like... Let Maybe peel back a little. Cold and like, just just calm down. Also, if you're having a baby shower, isn't that kind of selfish to also have a gender reveal party? It's too many celebrations. Like, I mean, I'm happy for you all. Like, you all know, I don't have children, but I don't begrudge anybody that. But can we just like? That's a lot of parties. That's a lot of pressure for the people around you. Like, I know you're like, but it's my special day. It's, is that really for, I mean, is, who is it for? Like. And it's just a coin toss. Like, are we supposed to be disappointed if you get the wrong one? Like, Like, we're supposed to place bets before the event and then. then, Oh, sorry. So sorry, you lost. It's a girl. (laughs) Right. So sad. I don't know. I just feel like that's a reaction that. I would, I think I would feel better if it was kept just as like an intimate event with just immediate family. I just feel like that's a really, like, that's exciting for the family to find out. But I don't know that this big public Instagrammable make people feel bad along the level of like prom proposals and all that. It's like, can we just have some special moments that we share like intimately? And then if the reveal comes out, like, and then you like look around and see which. Family members are sexist, like... Oh, I know that's right. (laughs) Someone's disappointed at whatever... I don't know. And then you set a whole, like, you know, wildland zone on fire with your freaking smoke. Like, then don't you feel real stupid. So... Arrowhead water bottle did not do the I feel so I feel bad for that family because they've seen it done so many other times and probably didn't think anything of it. And this is the time... That ruined it. Well, maybe it ruined gender reveals in general. Yep. Gender reveals are canceled. (laughs) You've been canceled. You've been canceled. To take it all back to what we really do here, a lot of people use the excuse of doing, finding the gender out so they can decorate properly. I'm just... I'm here to say you don't need to. Yeah. (laughs) It can be good design without it being gender specific. If you want to have the fairy princess room like if that's something you're gonna love then fine but i don't know i wanted to like that's a lot of expectations on the kid too yeah. what happens when they're three and they don't like it you spend all that money on a room that's and very specific bow tie. like yeah i don't know good design transcends gender i agree so if you do it right 
It doesn't have to be like that. It can be neutral. Better investment. I mean, you don't got to sell me on it. I'm right there with you. So, just stop setting fires at the minimum with your gender reveals. And maybe just think about putting a little less pressure on what their gender really is anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this is an impromptu just stop. Because I didn't say this before, but I mentioned it to you separately about when I went to the bank to handle some business. So y'all remember in a previous episode, I handled some business at the bank. I did not mention it during the podcast because I didn't really, it wasn't podcast. It wasn't that episode. Let's just say. You're just getting your big boy bank account. I just wanted that taken care of. But I didn't mention how the banker who was opening my account asked me questions about whether I was going to have children. And then, first of all, I was like, okay, he does understand biologically how two gay men work, right? Because he was, like, knowing about your family trust and what your, like, family setup was. Yeah, yeah. So he knew, like, I had a husband. So I'm like, okay, I'm sure he understands the biology of this. But I'm also like, no, that's not not in the cards for us. We don't plan on that. And that's not a weird conversation among my friends and family and it's nothing personal but he was like oh why i'm like can you just like the just stop is that's none of your damn business follow-up questions about super personal no like so can we like just stop talking about family building as though it's everyone's business like if you have children you don't have a right to ask anybody else whether they are or not, you don't have any idea the journey they're going through. So many parents struggle to conceive and struggle through all sorts of issues with family building. It's like, that's a rough topic. And then for me, I'm like, this guy has no idea. Like there are so many same sex couples who struggle to be able to one legally build a family, but then two, like financially, like if you want a surrogate, or an adoption, it's so much time, energy, and money. And around the adoption path, it's emotionally draining because that child's not yours until the mother births the child and decides to sign all the paperwork away. And there are still all sorts of ongoing legal messes behind that where things can be taken away depending on the states that they're in. Courts are really sympathetic to biological parents. So same-sex parents go through a lot of struggle also. It's not just like they sign a piece of paper and it's all gravy from there. Like, yeah. And that's nobody's business to jump in that conversation. So. And it should be pretty... O- I don't know. It should be pretty obvious that you don't know... I mean, I have pretty good friends that don't have children that I ne- never have asked what their plans are. Yeah. Not my business. If they shared it. I mean, not close friends, but... If they want to tell you, they're going to tell you. Like, we're trying and it's been a struggle or we're not interested. It's not for us. And it's not for everybody. No, it shouldn't be for everybody. And sometimes the decision of it being not for you wasn't a fun one. And yeah, you don't come to terms with it or like foot in mouth. You don't, choice. you don't want to find out like, Oh, the drama that ensues. So can we all like in public settings, you might not be in a bank or whatever, but like even as designers, yeah. it's, it's more about what are your plans for the extra space in your home? What do you see on your horizon? Let the, let it come to you, but don't put the questions out there in that way. Leave it. Leave it so they can I share it. I have my questionnaire of children, and it's just zero, one, two, th- 
or no age groups, not a number of kids. Yeah. Just so to have an idea, and it's not a follow-up question. If it's zero, why? Right. <laughs> but sometimes people will add, "Oh, this is a room we're not really planning for yet." Because if we start a family, we don't want to. We don't want to be too involved in what we designed in here. Okay. Sure, or if it's a room that may seem like for a young couple could be a nursery at some time, I would never ask that. I would just, what are your plans for this room? Yeah. Open-ended questions are your lifesavers. Don't, so this is where a kid will go? This is where your baby will be? Like, no. Just, just stop with the family building conversation. If people say that, I just want to give them really uncomfortable, honest answers. Like... (laughs) Oh, actually, I'm 45 years old, and we weren't. <laughs> My husband and I have been trying for years. Nothing's happening. Yeah, <laughs> like we've had some really terrible mishaps, and like go into detail. I we practice. We practice a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like. But you just want to give just them, like stop. a really terrible like. Y'all, y'all know I talked to that person's manager about that, okay. so that won't be happening again. Kevin he he may be very alarmed to have any conversation about anything with anyone <laughs> ever again. Oh, I was like, I need to speak to your manager. And that was one time I'm really like, this isn't like, oh, you overbilled me. It was like, you need to not have this conversation with people. It's well, not appropriate. Yeah, like, I mean, he could... I mean, you could have, like, made a really major stink. Like, yeah. You weren't trying to get him in trouble, but just, no. like, heads up, dude. Like, not appropriate. Especially because the polite response was, no, it's not, that's not in our plan. Okay. That was the end of that. Let's, move to the next Let's ask question. questions. Like, yeah. And what was your social security? <laughs> yeah. like, well, they already got that. Yeah, like, all of your yeah. Details. No, the next, the next questions are like, so tell me about your family dynamics. Like, yeah. get out of my business for a second. If you <laughs> just. You been to therapy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I feel like a lot of these are yours. I mean, I have a lot to say. You have a lot. Okay, I have one. <laughs> So in general, I've been working on a couple projects. I'm in the styling phase. And God damn it if it's not impossible to go out and find accessories. Mm-hmm. Stock. I tend to buy retail for accessories because it's, I don't know, I can't plan too far ahead with this accessories. I like to buy. Yeah. And right now it's weird too. Like just have a lot of styling options. Yeah, and you never know when it's going to be, so... There is just nothing in stock right now, but my major just stop is I've been to a few home goods, which I don't. I mean, take it all with a grain of salt. Like I don't expect to like win at home goods every time, but a couple good things would be nice. Like you can usually get a pillow, a few pillows, and you spotted that visual comfort lamp there. Yeah, there's always something to find. Have you been like? Have you been? No. Oh my god. So they have. So you know, everyone's like doing the vinyl stickers on the floor of six feet social distance. Like that's all fine. But they do this thing where they have directional arrows. Like supposed to up walk. aisles and down aisles. Yeah. Okay. They make zero fucking sense. Like <laughs> I was like. These two are in aisles. Though so that one's an out. That one. Well, they, like, go back and forth, but then when you're in the outside of the store, like, they want you to go around the entire store one way. And so you get, like... It's like driving in a downtown area. (laughs) It's not, like... 
big ass cart. Yeah. Going with stuff. And God damn it, I'm going down this next aisle whether you like it or not. And then someone's going the wrong way and everyone's got their masks on and you can't do the like... Could you please move out of my way? I feel like they're generally pretty ineffective because... Wayfinding? Well, those arrows, because you're now trying to train people to think about aisles so differently than what we're used to. Like, I am not used to walking around looking at the ground, looking on an arrow. So much to, like... Your mask is on. You're looking around at people who don't have theirs on all the right way. People don't pay attention to where they're going anyway because they're, like, distracted. Stop in the middle. Like, shiny object. Sometimes that's me. Mostly I'm, I'm annoyed. I'm the person who's on vacations where I'm moving really quickly and wondering why people don't move to the right. Do so, you know, Do you know what my husband does? Does he just, like, run into him a little bit? Like, give him a little shoulder check? No. Oh. He... <laughs> someone, like, if someone's being really, like, not paying attention... Super spacey. And, like, we gotta go? Yeah. He'll do... He'll quick feed him. What's that? He comes up behind <laughs> What? He comes up behind him and goes... And stomps behind them. And so they're like, oh, oh gosh. Like, <laughs> it like triggers a fight or flight. <laughs> and they move out of the way. Quickly, he's being like, not aggressive. Like, he just has a normal face. Yeah, yeah. And then they um, like snap them out of it and they move. And then they start walking faster or moving out of the way or like That's finding. Normal. I just find it's so annoying in stores where, like, try quick. Try qu- I'm gonna try quick feet next time I'm in the grocery store, and people are just like, like the first time they've ever seen f- fucking Coke Zero. God damn, get get out of the middle of the aisle. There's room for people to go around you. This isn't the first time you've seen Dasani, okay? Like, and we get, all just, like, get all out of here. And then move out of the way if you know, like, okay, I'm not fully with this. I'm really overwhelmed. There's a lot going on. Pull aside. Yeah. Get yourself out of the way. But, like, today, but then, like, the opposite today when we were at the antique fair, this woman, I was getting so annoyed. I kept trying to pull aside. Yes, I have a wagon full of crap. Yeah. So I kept trying to pull aside, but we were also trying to look at a table, and she was acting like we were in a line. Right. She was like, oh, I guess I'm behind you now until you move. And it was like, this, Pass on the this is like a 12-foot wide aisle. You could pick any of the other 10 feet that are accessible to you to go around. It's like, I'm going to stop and peruse. And start this. waving them around like the annoying person when you pull over to, like, drop off something. And... No, this is my time. And that, yeah. I don't know what my just stop is. Like, I'm the annoying person and I'm the annoyed person in all scenarios, so. so but, okay, I don't, are the are the decals on the floor, are those a health code thing? Or is that just to kind of prevent, is that just a suggestion to help keep crowds from building up? <laughs> suggestion, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit of if like it's a gooder mentality. Like, we were at a building. Let's be nice to each other and spread out. We were at a building yesterday and there were stickers inside a normal sized elevator yeah i mean but people need that because people look okay i'm just gonna say this like filter y'all know there's anyway we don't have to say filter off but 
People do not know to give you space in small spaces. And this is very clear by the politics of a men's restroom where the general understanding is that if there are like six urinals and they're all empty and someone is using the first in a line of six, the second person to come in does not go to the second urinal. They need to move down one or two. Okay, I would say it's 50-50. You have no, no, God, no. They're not like man children, even though there are a lot of man children out there. But it is like, bro, there's five other open ones. Can you next to each other at the? Can you just like move? Like God forbid, like you're in public and your hand brushes another like guy, and they're like, oh no, homo, bro. Like they can't. It's too much for a straight man to handle, apparently. But at a urinal, some of them just have no social awareness of like. Could you just let, like, there's a lot of open space. Just move out. Yeah, just move. And it's so like, is just, move. just move. Just get out of the way. Just yeah. give people space. Be aware of your surroundings. If the arrows aren't completely the thing, don't get all angry. If I want to stop and sniff the candles, just go around me. This is my moment. Just keep, yeah, keep moving. I left my house. Let me do what I need to yeah, do. Yeah, we already put ourselves at massive risk just to do this. So I'm obviously risking my life for this candle sniff right now. Can you walk around without giving me a hard time, please? Just get away. <laughs> like, give me my COVID candle sniff. <laughs> Okay. I already had to leave my iced coffee in the car. Like, oh, I know. Come on. Okay. <laughs> so everybody, just just stop pressuring people. Like, move out. Keep moving. Walk around. Pick a different aisle. Yeah. It's okay. It's all right. We're all gonna make it. Um. One of mine is a trend that I'm really sick of. Is it a trend? I'm not gonna say it's a trend. I'm just gonna say it's been here a while veneer stacked stone and when I say that I mean it in the way that most of your minds just went to this where it's like it's not really stone and it has like weird dimensionality to the front of it but it has no grout lines there's no grout lines it's a repeat it's usually on a mosaic backer it needs to just stop it's gross on the outside of the house. It's gross on a planner. It's gross halfway up a fireplace. It's it's gross on it's it's done. It's done. It's now it's starting to really read flipper. Yeah. It's starting to read cheap shopping mall. Shopping mall. We've seen it everywhere and I'm really going to say most of the like real stone ones where you would still have like a mortar between them to make them look more like a true stacked stone, not a stone veneer. Even those are starting to become so mass produced and available when they're everywhere at floor and decor and everywhere at home Depot. And you know, it's already too far, right? That's just like glass mosaic backsplash tile. It's once you, once you see it at a big box store at a really attainable price, with lots of color options and lots of this, it's too late. Right. It's already oversaturated. Move on. Yeah. Stack yeah, stone. Like... Go. <laughs> <laughs> Once you see a vinyl wrapped box in Terrazzo at Home Goods, it Terrazzo's done. It's almost. I mean, we're now, close right now. The real thing is good, but the printed part. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think it's what you're saying too. Is like. Anything that is like a representation of something that's real. Yeah. Like. They're not really stone. 
They're like fake, like or they're tile, like, like the cheapest type of stone. With really wood floors. Well, those I I feel like we don't even need to say just stop to those, but like legit, y'all, no. Just just get wood. Just, just get tile. Yeah, it's get wood or get tile, not wood tile. There's no, like, to answer your question, like, no, there's no way it ever looks. No, no, no. People are like, is there a way it can be done to look? No, no. Look. There's not a way it needs to look good. Like, function. Like, do you need it in, like, no. Florida Beach House? No. No, you just need tile. Yeah, you just need tile. You can get away with wood, like, y'all, wood floors have been here, like, for frickin' ever. It's okay. A little bit of water on a sealed wood floor, it's okay. Right. Unless it's truly, like, really raw in form, it can handle some drops, y'all. It's okay. Yeah, unless you're gonna let, like... If you're gonna let it set... melt and leave it over... Or your wet shower mat. There are plenty of bathrooms in the East Coast that have showers and wood floors, toilets on wood floors, like... They've existed for a long time. Can't be a slob about it. Well, and that's probably what we really are getting behind is, like, the way people treat their homes is it's, like, yeah, you do need to wipe up when you're done with stuff, like, if you splash on the floor. Yeah, you do need to not leave the toothpaste on your marble countertop. Like, we're so used to this idea that everything is, like, plastic and cleanable and it'll never harm anything that, I'm sorry, there are some surfaces that you need to treat a little better, but if you do it... They'll last your lifetime. May I show you this cinder block home? <laughs> <laughs> Concrete yeah. It could be a good look. Like it, it could be. It'd give you a little bunker atmosphere. Um, so, yeah, I just just stop with the veneer stack stone. It's, it's not going to look good. It's really inexpensive. And now, for a reason. Yeah. It's done. Good. Just stop. Sorry. Okay, so we <laughs> This is a shout out to a listener who, um, what did she say? She reached out because she was refreshed by us. Talking about being yourselves in the first Just Stop episode. About just not worrying about what other designers are doing. And there's a lot of designers doing a lot of things. And Sean and I were having a conversation about this today. About there's a lot of um, styles that appeal to a lot of people because they're beautiful. Like, yeah, this is not like any shade to any specific designer or designer. No, because they're not the only ones who created or built on this. It's no, just there's a lot of styles that are based on history and they're classic and going to last forever. That's not my personal aesthetic, not because I don't think it's beautiful, but it doesn't fit the architecture of my home, my lifestyle, my, yeah, Casual nature, my love of saturated color, like, whatever it is. Yeah. So she was laughing about, she's just made the comment that if she sees another dirt pot DIY, she's going to lose her shit. Yep. And John wasn't sure what I was talking about. I had no, you guys, I didn't know what a dirt pot DIY was because I don't follow a lot of these designers that are doing this kind of... I vloggers. Yeah... We're not mentioning names here, but y'all will find out. You you could dig around. You guys will find it. You'll. F- I mean, some of them are cute. I just thought it was funny the way when she 
pointed it out, I realized, yeah. You'd I seen other bloggers doing a dirt pot DIY, like, to <laughs> add patina to, like, a terracotta pot. Yeah, so it's, like, usually, like, kind of a small neck to kind of jug or a terracotta pot. Mm-hmm. That's brand new, and then the goal is to make it look like you just dug it out of Pompeii. I just really can't. I need to just stop with fake patina, though. Like, y'all know how to... Patina, because they're putting dirt on it. So yep. the idea is... You know how to pot... Like dirt. I've seen people use yogurt. Yeah, but you know what'll do that? Just, I, just just u- using that's the pot true. outside? But that's the problem, is everyone's using these to be brought inside with their f- fake plants in them. <laughs> Sorry for those of you that were offended by part one of Just Stop, where I told you to just stop the fake plants, and it just, don't put fake plants in your fake patina dirt pot. (laughs) Pick one. Put a real plant in the fake patina. Balance it. Balance it. Just stop having all fake things. Like, yeah. Just stop being inauthentic? I mean, it can go on and on, but... You know, I mean, it can look cool, but it also starts to look, it, it cannot, it, it starts to not look cool. Like, you can buy the fake patinaed ones at the store already like that. Or so if you're just having fun. Real, like, I really, like, fell in love with this old buttercrock today, and it was. It was kind of cool. Yeah, you can find real old pottery, y'all. $40, the same as you would get at Target, and then turn into a. Yeah, and you didn't have to invest all the time to make it look like that and have it not be real. Like it's it's old dirt, not new real, dirt. Yeah, it's like authentic old dirt, just like me. <laughs> dirty and old. <laughs> the dirty old designers club. <laughs> I don't know. I I appreciate the dirt pots, but. And thank you to our listener yeah. for telling us that it was refreshing for her. We love your DM. We love when we hear from other designers listening what their just stops are. And I'm going to share one that was told to us by a designer that we both know. Um, she wants everyone to just stop designing islands with countertop overhangs that go to nothing. Like the overhang just extends out over the size, the footprint of the cabinets underneath. And it's usually like a bar or something, but they don't go, it just hangs out 12 inches or 14 inches over the edge. And that's it. Like it has no supporting. There's no little columns or end pan. I think end panels is where you're really seeing a lot of kitchen design right now is like, yes, it'll have an overhang in the middle, but there will be, full end panels that extend right or it'll have little little legs that support the weight or waterfall waterfall edge on the counter can still be really beautiful um but just the overhang to nowhere is just like flat earthy it's really starting to look again very flipper very like inexpensive home because oh god forbid they should spend a little more money on woodwork yeah. or brackets underneath it like decorative um support brackets or like any you can do something with it to make it feel not just like tacked on countertop on top of a piece of plywood thrown on top of a small cabinet base like yeah we did that to ours but i think i can add a support Yes. Because ours actually, what like, we just modified an existing island that had no 
kind of like seating. Right. And you wanted to add more. And you have the floor space for it. A giant island. Yes. No way you could sit at it. So we did add an extra, an oversized countertop, but we didn't modify the cabinetry at all. But I think we still can because we just painted it. Yeah. It's just like a little bit extra. I think the difference is like one feels like the minimum expectation and what the designer who who gave us this just stop is saying is like it just takes a little bit more to make it feel designed right like real like this is what we're being pulled in to do is like hey we're not making this look like it just ended up this way we're making it look like we really planned for it to look like this well and it's actually supporting the weight visually because like we have steel rods underneath that to hold the yeah. weight so it's like hidden I mean, yeah, I the f- it's kind of the equivalent though of floating shelves, isn't it? I don't know. I think that I think that the problem with this, I don't know. Cover on the wall. But your countertop isn't just floating in the middle of nothing either. Like it's floating out from the cabinetry. Oh, cool. Well, one day when we have yeah, our anti anti grav, you know, little hover pods that go underneath our countertops and like air hockey but it'll be something or like space counters that drop from the ceiling down and then whatever yeah in the jetson times which we won't make it to because this is this is the end 2020 that's it (laughs) okay okay just stop (laughs) but just stop with the overhangs overhanging counters on islands that have nothing around them they're just like Falling off the edge of the earth. Yeah, no, you're right. It doesn't feel finished. Okay, so... Just stop trying to learn programs that will cost you more time and energy than if you just paid someone else. Does that sound like Sean wrote it? Yeah. (laughs) That's totally me, you guys. I just... There's so many questions going around of like, should I learn AutoCAD? Should I learn uh, like Chief Architect? Should I learn Revit? And it's like, should I learn Photoshop and InDesign? Like, I mean, it's kind of the same kind of question. I mean, y'all, like, if you find yourself running a design business and you still have a shit ton of extra time, sure, pick up an app that you think, like, you know what? I don't want to have someone doing all my graphic work. I'd like to learn more in a graphics program or I'd like to, but like, for real. This is a deep rabbit hole. You're like, we could talk about this in other episodes, but like my annual software expense for AutoCAD is $1,500. I learned it in school. If I hadn't learned it in school, I would not be drawing my own floor plans and elevations for construction drawings. I would be outsourcing it. Yeah, I have no interest in learning AutoCAD. And I already outsourced my renderings now. Like I didn't like doing renderings in school. I don't want to do them all the time. It takes me so much longer. Then it takes me to outsource them. And renderings aren't, like, I could see, I think the question is. You're still a good designer if you don't use these programs. But does learning the program aid your process of creation? So, like. I could do it with graph paper. Like, y'all really, like. But, I mean, like, my process, like, I do use Photoshop and Illustrator in my design process because I I know it. And it helps me. Yeah. You can pull together. I can put together a, a quick concept idea. So that does help. If I had to send that out or 
futz around in programs that don't work as well, like PowerPoint. I know people make that work for them. A lot of people make their, um, a lot of designers are making their mood boards in PowerPoint, which does tend to make it a little easy. And, but if, I don't know, I already, you and I already know a lot of these other graphics <laughs> programs, so it's just as fast for us to make them in a, these native Adobe programs or things that we use than it would be for someone else. Right, and in the native Adobe pro programs, I can still design a little bit. Like, I can change the paint color or the floor. When yeah. You can't, like, you're messing around a lot more to bring it into a... It's like a... The yes. PowerPoint or Keynote is going to work for final presentation, but it's going to be a lot more back and forth. Yeah, there's less reworking in the in-between. Yeah, so I could see if that helps your process, learning something that gets your ideas out faster and communicates them to the client. Like, I think that could be helpful. Like, so SketchUp might be a, the compromise for that is because SketchUP lets you design in 2D and 3D space. Yeah, and there's some options in SketchUp where you're not over-investing and you can get some quick tutorials. Yeah, I do use SketchUp. So maybe. I just already knew Photoshop and Illustrator, so I don't... I'm just trying to think of like, yeah, I, I guess like renderings, like that's like the fully realized thing. So that's the end. Like it's not, helping that's not conceptual process. stages no. when you're doing renderings. You're already like far in. It's not helping you design. That's helping you present, which somebody else can do that. And I use, I use AutoCAD a lot for scale and massing and proportion work when I'm just not sure I can map it out quickly in AutoCAD and see like, oh, is this artwork going to feel like the right size for the room? Is the chandelier going to feel like the right size? Will the height that it drops from, you know, the you canopy, I use AutoCAD. Oh, yeah. So I can like map out things really, but I use it really fast after having started it in school, like my first year of design school. If you're not using that, you guys, graph paper is still like use a one-to-one -one one square is one foot or one square is whatever. And then you can really quickly mass out proportion and scale yeah. on some graph paper without trust. Like SketchUp, you'd be know. shocked what clients are amazed by when I'm at a consult and I only use graph paper or, yeah. or quick sketches oh. at consults. The, the graph paper is just like, people are so happy to even have that where you go, this is not completely to scale, but it shows you the idea. And like, even that's great for people who can't visualize it. You're not doing a disservice, but you're also like, don't put all this pressure on yourself. Like you're still, you can still be a designer without knowing this. That's true. Nate Berkus doesn't have a laptop. Right. We can just say that every single episode. Nate Berkus only uses an iPhone, y'all. We've said this. <laughs> like. He's still a great designer. Just fine. He still knows what he's doing. He still has an eye. And so do you. You don't have to invest in all of these programs. And, like, basically, that this is like a design school education to learn all these. It is, but it's also what is your, in your wheelhouse, what is going to be in your zone of genius. What's your secret sauce? Like, is it going to be that you're great in Photoshop? Is that what your clients are going to come and hire you for? Because you can work in Photoshop really well. Probably not. No, but if you're trying to pull together concepts that are hard to, I don't know, visualize or sell or like, y'all need a lot of outsource. Outsource. There's so many places to find people online through different websites, through different forums. Like, like, get someone good. Don't feel like you have like you're a bad designer because you don't know things. Yeah. But if you 
feel like you are... This will make you personally happy to learn it. Okay. Or you feel like you're limiting yourself by not knowing. Like, I kind of forced myself to learn SketchUp just so I could work in scale. Yeah. Like, I needed to know something to work in scale and not do freaking calculations. Like, I was using Illustrator and a calculator. It was not. Oh, no. No, no, no. Yeah, it needs to feel native. It needs to be easier, but it's... Well, each I like, Illustrator doesn't stay in scale, so, like, you can't add... But don't kill yourself over it. No, but I do recommend SketchUp for InteriorDesigners.com. She does really great lessons. It's super affordable. Yeah, that's who you went through. I just bought her. Yeah, I just bought her. Um, yeah. Evergreen. Like, I mean, it's like 100 bucks and Non-spawn. Non-spawn. This, this is, but it's, there's plenty of stuff where you can get to, like, a decent working level. Yeah. But... Signing up. I don't even think I finished them, but it got me to a place where oh, I can draw elevations and floor plans. Yeah, They're but not going in the awards, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not I'm not submitting these to the city for approval like this. But don't look at my layers or any of that. But it's to scale, and I know what. Yeah. I feel confident buying furniture and telling a client something's gonna fit. Yes, I just think there's a there's a total like level of. I think it's okay to say, oh, I have a team of people who help me with this. I find that I, it, my time is better spent working with you. I can communicate rough ideas. And I've got, like, I don't know. If I'm a client and I hear, like, I've got an expert who does this for me. This is all they do. They're the expert at that. I don't think anything less. And I do tell my clients when something is outsourced because it's, there's no, there's, I don't have any shame in that. Like, the result is so much better than what I would have produced. And it's done faster. And usually they're at a lower rate. More or less, yeah. yeah. All the people I've outsourced anything to are always cheaper than my hourly rate. So if it would take me a half a day to render something for a client, they're paying like an hour for the renderer to do it for me. And you're marking it up a little bit. It's yeah, just to cover my time. Making a little bit of money. Yes. And it's still not crazy. So losing money on the learning curve and the getting it wrong and the right. not saving and the crashing of the computer. Uh-huh. And I only, again, I only pay for AutoCAD because I run, like, my brain runs natively in AutoCAD now. Like, started in school, all my templates are there, all my blocks are there, like, everything's built in for me, and I can move really quick. I have been on Zoom calls with clients doing revisions to their plans and ending really fast, like 45 minute Zoom call. I'm sharing my screen. I'm in AutoCAD. What if we do this? Click, 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 click. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that idea. Okay, flesh it out even more. Let's talk at our next site meeting. Bam. If that's how you need to work and that's how your clients are going to respond, find the program that's going to help you do that. But don't put too much pressure on yourself. Just there's other options. Yeah, just stop trying to push yourself into this stuff because you feel like it's a credibility issue. It if it's not. If it's really just because you're trying to build credibility as a designer, you're already there. Like, right. learning this program does not make you a designer. I know plenty of students who I went to school with who knew how to work in AutoCAD but could not design to save their lives. Yeah, I think there's this, like, some of the downside of the gig entrepreneur um, economy and culture is people feel like they should learn how to design a website or how to be their own accountant and how to and then do AutoCAD or be a graphic designer, all these things. And I'm like, you know, that's those are careers. Each yes. of those things are... Those are four-year degrees. Four-year degrees 
and full-time careers. Those are professional licenses. So why you think you should be good at all of those things. Oh, yeah. Write your own contracts, too. Yeah, like you're... Cut, get out of here. <laughs> like, right. Like, you're trying to be a doctor lawyer? Like, yeah. You're a webmaster, a graphic designer, a doctor, lawyer, attorney, CPA, financial planner. And be really awesome in all of it. And you're also a drafts person because that's a whole separate career. And a cleaning lady. (laughs) And a parent. And a dog mom or a dog dad. And a personal assistant. Significant other. Like, don't we have enough job titles here that... Like, can we just narrow down to, like, principal designer and CEO and that, that's okay? Like, it's, it's all right to not have to be everything. Right. Totally. Unless you really love wearing some of those hats. Everyone loves a good hat. Be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) But just know when you need to take off the one that doesn't fit right. Yeah, that's really unflattering. Yes. It's not a good look. (laughs) So just stop with that. Just stop. Hey, Sean, have you signed up for the Hot Young Designers Club newsletter? Oh, no. Really? Is this you not wanting to clutter your inbox with a lot of excess junk? No, no. Let me do it. Where do I need to go? You need to go to hotyoungdesignersclub.com. Scroll down till you get to the subscribe button. Just pop in your email address and your name. All right. I'm doing it right now. Is this going to be a bunch of spam? It's not. It's actually not going to be anything until we actually get around to sending something. But we have big plans and we want to be able to send surveys to get feedback from our audience. And maybe once in a while, a special surprise or a recap. All right. I'm on it. Thank you. Back to the show. Y'all, can we just stop not voting? Can we just, can we just, I don't, I'm not here to make this a political episode. It's just, can we, can we all just push our friends and our family members to vote a little, like just add a little bit of peer pressure to this that we all need to vote. We have one of the highest voter apathy ratios of any developed nation in the world. I'm so curious what it's going to be this year. We need to we need to vote. Everyone just please vote. Just I just just make your voice heard. I don't we don't need to talk about all of it yet right now, but just Can't just vote. Out your next door neighbors, like whatever you need to do, like Yeah. Just vote. Yeah. Like literally you might as well be handing two votes to whatever you don't believe in by not voting. So please just vote. Right. And also vote for small crap. Oh, the I'm going to tell you guys my strategy for voting for judges. I literally look at all the judges. Because judges are the ones you have, like, nothing about. Like, there's almost no data. You can look up, like, their historical um, dockets and find out things they've ruled on. But judges are, like, usually what you're going to find on most, like, district court judges is it's very... um, Neutral, which is what you would hope a judge would be. It's not like Supreme Court nominations where they really drag them through the ringer. But yeah, like the district court judge and stuff like that. I I don't know a lot about them. If I can't find a lot about them, I'm just telling you, I vote a lot for anyone who's not an old white man. Any, literally, 
anyone who is not another old white dude running to be a judge. I don't, I just am, look, we've gotten where we are by doing that. So what's the harm in voting for the anyone not an old white dude who maybe has less experience? Honestly, I'm going to take some of my chances at this point because uh, we've tried it old white dude way for a long time. (laughs) Right. I'm not saying it's always the most educated voting decision. It's just when I can't find enough data about who. When in doubt. When in doubt, not another old white dude. Unless the it's only down to two old white dudes. Well, then what? Well, then you just... Who has the cooler name? If you don't have any data, flip a coin. I honestly... Judges are... The judge ones are the ones that everyone tells me they skip. Don't skip it. Pick someone not an old white dude. Yeah, so you have to do a little research. Yeah. Like, you can search their name. You can you can search their, like, decisions. You can search data about them. The inter- Everything's on the internet now. They're all on LinkedIn and other websites, or they're chair members of nonprofit organizations in their community. A lot of them board schools or... Do, like, they're providing help for other organizations because hello they're still lawyers like they can help provide guidance to hospitals and all that so i you can find a lot of them in community newsletters and see what they're doing see if you agree with the things that they're involved in i don't know i mean look y'all don't just skip like don't don't just pick top line stuff like there's some important stuff down in the rest well, of the it ballot affects a lot of like our local lives totally so y'all are gonna i know y'all i know y'all parents are gonna be paying attention real hard to who's on those school board elections coming up (laughs) because you are seeing their true colors so just stop not voting and just get out there and make a couple decisions help help everyone yeah i feel like there's just we just need to have some really strong like convictions about who we're voting for. I mean, y'all, we should care. Don't, like, do any Kanye bullshit right in, like. Yeah, if you could not, like, for Kanye, about, that's just me. I'm Kanye, like, like, just pick one of the like. There's no third party person's gonna win, so let's just stop with that. Like, that's not a protest, y'all. It's not a protest to be like, well, I voted for this person who's not gonna win as a and sign that I'm like. Out like anyone else. You can you can look it up. That's never worked to anyone's it's advantage. Never it's never worked. So anyway, that was that's just. Can we just vote? Y'all still have time. It's not October yet. Um, yeah, most states still have up until like I think early October to get registered. You can and do it on your. I think you can do it on Instagram. <laughs> well, you do. We do keep getting the alerts showing up about like. Are you registered? Do you know how to do this? Come on, y'all. It's not hard. Like, it's not. It's really not hard. It's not. And you. Do, here's the thing. You don't have to know everything about everything. It's okay. There are, like... There's especially, good. like, around, you know, election time, there's going to be amazing websites that... And most states send the booklet where it sends you pro and con. Like, it gives you the, the yay and the nay sides of it. And then it... of them to see... I mean, y'all are scrolling on your feeds a lot anyway. Take just one evening of that. 
and fill out your sample ballot. And what Instagram should do one day, on election day and the day before, is to just block everyone's feed and only make it be election information. <laughs> just like pro and con posts about every single proposition in your yeah. locality or council person or district, whatever. Just like, like media blackout. Of all this stupid stuff until you have voted. Oh, I bet there's going to be that. It's going to be... Everyone's going to just, like... Like, that would be good if social media went silent. For elections. For elections. Like, and by the time that happens, my mail-in ballot will have already been done. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, we're not going to give you distracted content so that you... Pretend not to vote. Except the only thing that's allowed to post is the most important part, which is wearing your I voted sticker and posting that everywhere everyone will look. Right. <laughs> yep. Rock the vote, y'all. Rock it. <laughs> I have, there's one more left. Okay. You and I have both done this. We've both had things custom made for us or for client projects Mm -hmm. where it's not just everything right off the shelf. Right. We know a lot of our listeners are newer designers in the first like one to two or three to five years of their business. And that's the first couple years where it can feel kind of scary to take on the liability and to admit to vendors and suppliers and custom makers that you don't know what they do. But it's okay to say, I want to do something really cool. I've never done a custom cabinet before for my for a client, and this is the project where I want to do it. What do you need from me, cabinet maker, mm-hmm. to make this work successfully? What do you need to make this look good? What could make my design better? How would you adjust it? It's okay to admit what you don't know. Because you have the opportunity to make something really cool. Yeah, I go into it like it's a collaboration. Like, I don't work with any vendor like I'm the one who's in charge. Or Yeah. I'm a cabinet maker. Listen to me. <laughs> right. Or you don't know what you're talking about. Just make what I drew. Yeah. I saw this online once. I know it can be done exactly the way I imagine it is. It's like, oh... There's so much behind the scenes sometimes that... That drawer's not going to close or... Better to let the experts help you, whether it's custom upholstery or cabinetry or draperies or just... And I think a lot of designers do this where they start with stuff in their own home. That's a great place to start because if it gets totally fucked up, it's fucked up in your house, not a client's where you owe them that to be fixed and it comes out of your pocket to fix it. Um... But you can totally like cut your teeth on a small console table or an ottoman or some floating shelves or I mean the list pick something small where the liability is low and you know that it's been made custom for a lot of other people. We, you're not Kelly Wurstler. You don't have to go out there and ask it to be engineered and you need a prototype and you no. Pick something that's been done. I like to work with craftspeople that are into the collaboration like 
Like, they don't want to do boring stuff. Yeah, cabinet makers that are excited to riff and like, what about this? Oh, this would be cool. Ooh, I saw something. Because they're only looking at cabinet things. They don't want to do another white shaker kitchen cabinet, you mean? They don't want to do another white what? cabinet. What? Just stop white shaker kitchen cabinets. I, mean, <laughs> I don't want to do them, but... Clients love... Bitches love a white shaker kitchen cabinet. I mean, they probably sell <laughs> really good, like, in the market. But... Craftspeople don't want to just keep making that stuff. They, just like us, want to have cool things to show clients what's possible. And working with a designer lets you do that. And I've experienced that in client projects where even contractors get excited to do it because they were like, ooh, that's the first time I've done that. I'm look, I'm excited to do it. We're both figuring it out. It's That's okay, yeah. Um, it can all be done. It just takes that spirit of adventure but to experiment. Somebody who knows the other side of the construction or whatever it is, like they're going to ask questions that you wouldn't have thought of. Right. Or, and then sometimes it's like, no, no, like. Trust my vision. Yeah, don't, don't get the vision. Don't hijack it. Like. Tell me how this can be done. But the people that... I don't like to work with people that are trying to tell me this is how it's always done or this is how everyone else does it. Like that's, Red flag. Yeah, totally no, red flag. No, you want to work with somebody who... Is excited about, oh, I've never thought of doing it like that. Yeah. Like, this won't exactly work, but we can do it like this. Oh, that's even better. Like. Yeah, and that's how you learn. Like, that's how... That's how we learn. That's how they learn. That's how we elevate our industries. And that's how we create projects that are memorable and clients see it and they've never seen it anywhere else. But it also creates a level of exclusivity with the design work that you do. Nobody else has this. No one else can have this. Why would a client need to pay for fully custom white shaker kitchen cabinets? No, you can order them from a cabinet supply company off the shelf and they're going to be pretty damn good on their own. Exactly. And they're going to look exactly the same. So I don't think, I don't see anything wrong with that of just get it done. Get something cool. Start small. Maybe it's at your own house. Yeah, that's. And then you're like, oh, I've made a custom shelving unit. Oh, I've made a, I've made Ottomans. Like, oh yeah, I can do that. A little bit harder or took a little bit longer. It was a little bit more expensive. But when I sell it to a client, I'm. You learn by doing. I'm going to know. But you're not going to get there by constantly going to retail sources forever. It's just, you're never going to get that next level. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I think I talked about this last time, but I, like, hit a wall with trying to, like, half-customize half drapery. And I'm just not doing it anymore. So no. Either you're, like, going to go through the full... Full service custom drapery. Or I'm just going to give you recommendations and you're going to have to figure it out. Right. Or hire a different company that specializes on windows, although that's going to cost the same or more. So. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, like I'm working with a workroom who I was straight honest, like, I don't know what I'm doing with these. Like, I know enough to get myself in trouble and I'm scared to make a mistake. Like. Yeah. Help. <laughs> I don't want to tell you what you are just to order. I don't want to... You tell me. Yes, like... 
What are the problems with this material? What are the obstacles? Will this work? What's been like really successful for your customers? Right. Or what are any, what are the red flags? What are the risks? Like if we're doing something that's uncharted territory for both of us, like where are you worried? Mm -hmm. And sometimes they'll share something. You're like, okay, that's a pretty big worry. Uh, let's, let's go back and figure out a way around this. And other times you're like, you know what? It's a risk I'm willing to take because if we do this right and execute it, it's going to be so fucking awesome that I'm not, it's, it's going to be worth it. All the stress of like worrying about how it's going to turn out in the end is going to be so great. Yeah. It's so stressful. It is. Drapery is so stressful. Drapery was stressful. My most recent one was I had never done a plaster fireplace Mm. and we like, gave a whole facelift to a plaster fireplace and it just came out so fantastic. And the client is so happy. The contractor's freaking excited. The plaster guy, because everybody's so psyched about it is just like beaming and he's on site doing other work too for them, like other repairs and stucco work and stuff like that. And he's so psyched. Like he doesn't get asked to do that either. Yes. That's, he feels like, boss now well, because like, they know like a good plaster person won't ever shine because the whole point is for it to not mm-hmm. be noticed yep so to have like smooth plaster on this modern fireplace That's and like it dimension not just like walls or ceilings yep yeah. it's fantastic so don't be afraid just just stop avoiding it pick know, like, pick a project and do it like to help like my painters i mean God, God bless a white wall. They don't want to do another white or beige house in their whole life if they did, didn't have to. I mean, my painter says, like, sometimes people have me come and paint their house the exact color it already was. Yeah. Oh, it needs Can a freshen up. Can you paint it? Can you paint it gray again for me? I can literally <laughs> make the same recipe twice. Like, I... <laughs> Kidding. I could not. We love this color so much, we'd like to live with it for another 20 years. Yeah, we've had <laughs> the same page on the outside of our house for 20 years. Don't. Just don't try something different. Try something new. Try something different. You guys yeah. can do this. It can be fantastic. But just stop. Just stop. Just stopping. <laughs> just, just stop just stopping yourself? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just stop not trying something new or leaning yeah. on somebody who can guide you through it. Yeah, because they're professionals yeah. and been doing it forever. I'll drink to that. Cheers. Yay. Mine's empty. That's Just Stop Part Do the sequel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> IRL. It's been real, y'all. Yay! It's been hella real, cause I'm in Sacramento, y'all. You're hella <laughs> Thanks, well, Rebecca. Glad you're here. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yep. Now the episode has to just stop. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining this meeting of the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Check out the show notes there for links to things we talked about today. We are keeping the conversation going on Instagram, so don't forget to like, comment, and follow at Hot Young Designers Club. 
You can find Rebecca on Instagram at Studio Plum. And you can find Sean at Renstead Interiors. That's W-R-E-N-S-T-E-D. 